0: Kent Online News.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.
0: Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Thursday, June the 10th. Did you manage to see a partial solar eclipse earlier? We're going to have more on that in just a bit. But first up today, we're going to be talking about the taking the knee protest and whether it should still be happening. Ahead of the Euros starting tomorrow, the Gillingham chairman has spoken out and is calling for it to end. Paul Scalley says the protest could become irritating and is having an adverse effect on the game, while boos could be heard when the England players knelt before kick-off in a friendly at the weekend. This was the reaction from manager Gareth Southgate.
2: I think the players are, are sick of talking about the consequences of should they, shouldn't they? They've had enough, really. You know, as far as I'm concerned, they're not going to take more questions on this through the tournament. If it happens, it happens.
0: Ish has been finding out what shoppers in Gillingham High Street think.
2: make a statement to the world, didn't it? But we're not really told about it yet. Are you, you, you happy for it to continue? Yeah, I am. Yeah. What do you make of the gesture? Um, I think it's fine. To be fair, yeah, I don't think see anything wrong with it. I think it should carry on. Yeah, I, I mean, the England players at the Euros will be doing it, but they've recently been booed. What What did you make of that? That's wrong. That's wrong. There's too much racism, there's too much. People just need to choose. i would not really giving it a lot of
3: thought, but I can't see as it's hurting anybody, you know. You think it should end oh, Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's the same with uh, Formula One as well. Drivers needing
1: Formula One. I don't know if it's sort of past its time. I just think it's it's not having the impact, it was sort of thing, yeah? and I just think, perhaps it's just time to do a round of applause rather than, no, Get together in the all, all 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 the teams get together in old arms, rather than take the knee.
0: No, I don't have an issue with it, and actually, I think if you've got an issue with it, that maybe you need to sort of question your um, your views around racism because it's not acceptable. And I think if people want to take a knee, you know, as a sign of respect, then I think that's really positive.
2: Do you think? people booing England players yes, for doing it. It's
0: disgraceful. It's absolutely disgusting. And again, I would question their mentality and what sort of people they are to, to be booing.
1: Superfluous and has no impact currently so it should be discontinued.
0: And we've always lived with the uh, race and uh, life and we've always had to live with it, you know. It's, uh, it's not something that the youngsters have just opened up their eyes and started to think that they need to do this sort of... Um, movement.
1: I understand that the reasons why it started but I think you just got to let things go sometimes but you know if, if they want to do it let them do it that's all I can
2: say really. Do you think it's it's wrong for, for fans to be booing it
1: during? Oh definitely yeah yeah they're doing it for a reason you know you don't have to agree with it but keep your mouth shut just let them do what they need to do or want to do you know it's just I don't know it just not it doesn't make sense why people would disagree with it but it's to their own.
0: Taking the knee is probably something you've seen quite a bit since last summer. The whole point is to raise awareness of racial equality and highlight social justice issues faced by the black community. Well, in a poll on Kent Online, we asked if England players should keep taking the knee. Here are the results. At the time of the podcast being recorded, 19% of you said yes, 74% said no, and 6% were undecided. We've also asked about it on our socials today. Oliver Kemp joins me now. You've been looking through the the response is Ollie what have people been saying
2: yeah, I mean, of course, as you can see from the results of that poll, it's it's pretty one-sided, this debate. But having a look at some of the comments we've had on our Facebook post, there, there are some people uh, with some different opinions and there's also a couple of different opinions as to why they don't think uh, taking the knee should happen at the beginning of matches anymore. Um, the, first, the first post from um, Juliet Catherine, she said they're taking a stand or knee for their friends, co-workers who are getting abuse. I think for them it's not political, it's personal, which is which is an interesting point there from from Juliet. Um, While Tom Giddings says, uh, strange that everyone condemning taking the knee on these comments are white people with absolutely no understanding of what it's like to experience racism. If a decent young man like Marcus Rashford says it's still a valid protest, then I'll listen to his judgment over a white person every day of the week. Um, so that's from Tom. Um, we've we've also had, obviously, some different reactions as to why people think that the taking the knee shouldn't happen anymore. Mike Howell says taking the knee should be stopped as the point has been made. The same in Formula One. Now, Formula One have done a stand against racism at the beginning of races now since last year. So it's something we're seeing across other sports, but but Mike is taking an issue with, with that as well. Um, so Martin Pett, um, he says, to do it at the start of the match has lost its message. I was always of the opinion that doing it mid-match would have more power as you're stopping someone from for the message. Uh, it's almost as accustomed as the pre-match handshake now. Um, people are saying maybe it's bit almost a bit scripted and it's maybe lost um, the power that it had initially. Um, and Matt Love um, similarly agrees. He says, seems that the message of why they take the knee has got lost. It's become a political football, pardon the pun there from Matt, rather than a change in social awareness. So a, a couple of different viewpoints there.
0: Thanks ever so much, Ollie. Well, you can still have your say on this story today by voting in the poll at Kent Online or by commenting on Facebook or Twitter. Kent Online News. Some other top stories for you and police say a woman in her 30s arrested in connection with the disappearance of Sarah Everard will face no further action. She was detained on suspicion of assisting an offender at the same time serving officer Wayne Cousins from Deal was taken in for questioning. Earlier this week, the 48-year-old accepted responsibility for killing Sarah, whose body was found in Woodland near Ashford. He's due back in court next month. A student admitted dangerous driving after crashing an electric scooter into a woman in Canterbury. She was left with serious injuries after being knocked down last November. Of course, her Joshua Mpia, who's 19 and from East London, was going at 20 miles per hour on the pavement at the time. He's due back in court next month and could face a prison sentence. A Kent MP has been quizzing the health secretary about the government's response to the pandemic. You might remember Boris Johnson's former aide, Dominic Cummings, faced a similar questioning last month and made several allegations about Matt Hancock. Well, today he's been able to give his side of the story and has denied lying to the prime minister at any point during the COVID outbreak. Tunbridge Wells MP Greg Clark heads up the committee leading the investigation. Here are some of the exchanges between the two.
3: I welcome this opportunity to tell you the truth of what happened, uh, given the discussion that there's been over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Given that discussion, why do you think it was that Dominic Cummings chose to be quite so withering? Did you have a a bad personal engagement over the times? Was it a sincere difference of policy view, uh, whether policies or, as it were, sort of operational decisions, what, what's, what's the origin of this uh, this dispute? I have no idea. I mean, I, I just, I, you know, I worked directly with the Prime Minister from the start of this. And, of course, I worked with his, um, his aides and his team as well. And um, I, I, I have no idea. Did you know that he wanted the Prime Minister to fire you? Uh, yes, because he briefed the newspapers at the time. Right. Somebody briefed the newspapers. I now have a better idea of who it was. And did you raise an objection to that? Yes, of course, and I had the Prime Minister's wholesome support all the way through. And was that problematic in your discharge of your duties in Whitehall, that that this was happening in the newspapers, in in the public prints, but also reflecting discussions that were taking place in Downing Street? Well, I think the best thing to say about this, and this will be corroborated by lots of people in government, the best thing to say is that government has operated better over the past six months.
0: Staying with COVID and targeted testing is taking place at two secondary schools in Dartford to identify potential cases of the Delta or Indian variant. Students at Wilmington Grammar School for Girls and Wilmington Grammar for Boys are being asked to visit a mobile van to take a PCR test this week. And the Kent Online podcast has also been told that another rise in COVID cases in Kent could well be linked to the decision to allow children to stop wearing face masks in school. Secondary pupils haven't had to wear them since May the 17th, when lockdown restrictions were eased. Well, latest data shows in the seven days to June the 4th, cases in Kent went up 33% and 35% in Medway. I've been chatting to Alan Brooks, who's chair of the Kent Association of Head Teachers and the executive head at Falstone Manor School in Sittingbourne.
1: I think in the the week before the half-term break, there was something like a 78% increase in outbreaks in schools across the country. And it does appear whether it's a combination and we'll get on to face masks, whether it's the Delta variant, whether there are other reasons that there seems to be high level of transmission amongst students, particularly amongst the the 10 to 18 year old bracket. So, yes, there are concerns within schools.
0: Well, let's get on to face masks then, because obviously um, from the 17th, it wasn't it, wasn't it, where children were told they didn't have to wear them, it wasn't compulsory anymore within schools. Do you feel that that has contributed to the problem then?
1: I think it was a very perverse decision. It was a decision taken at the time when cases were beginning to rise significantly in schools and to reverse a measure that, you know, it may not provide complete ret- protection, but it certainly provides some sort of reassurance. And it would, I think, be more than a coincidence to say that with face masks not being compulsory and the rises in cases, there isn't some sort of link between the two. So schools were surprised is a good word, I think, to uh, to define what their reaction was to the suggestion that they got rid of face masks at that point.
0: Would it have been difficult for schools to, to keep the face mask rule in place individually if they'd made an individual decision when everyone else was getting rid of them?
1: It is it is difficult to do. Uh, in schools, I mean face masks have never, there have always been exceptions to, to the wearing of face masks in all situations. Uh, schools generally have been surprised by how compliant families and young people have been in the wearing of face masks, but when there is a big national announcement that says don't need face masks anymore it's hard for schools to row in the face of that and enforce something that can cause problems at the at the best of times so difficult for schools once that announcement was made
0: um i'm guessing it's not a decision that's likely to be reversed or have you heard otherwise
1: um i sort of think that it will it will get reversed it'll get reversed in a sort of incremental way with the department for education yesterday have opened the door for face masks to be compulsory again in high risk areas. Uh, Directors of public health in areas like Lancashire, Manchester and so on have now got the power to reintroduce face masks. And I suspect if the the wave continues, that will spread further and further across the country. I don't think we're likely to get a central announcement that suddenly says, we got this wrong, we're gonna reverse it. But I think little by little and piece by piece, I think it will chip away again. So I would not be surprised to see face masks back in the majority of schools over the course of the next few weeks if the wave continues to grow as it is currently. Kent Online reports.
0: The Home Secretary has promised to fairly distribute the responsibility of looking after unaccompanied asylum-seeking children who arrive in Kent. It's after the authority here said it would sue Pretty Patel's department after being left to care for an increasing number of youngsters. She's written in The Times today and said all local authorities across our United Kingdom have a duty to provide safe and secure accommodation for unaccompanied asylum-seeking children. A dog is fighting for its life after being found with a gunshot wound and covered in maggots in Faversham. Nelly, the Jack Russell Terrier was discovered collapsed and severely dehydrated on the side of Eastling Road, Vets say the next 48 hours will be critical in trying to save her. Three people have been arrested after a load of machetes was seized by police in Dartford. Officers found them after pulling over four vehicles linked to a disturbance in stone. Members of Extinction Rebellion have been out in Folkestone as part of a national protest to raise awareness of climate change. It comes as world leaders will be meeting at the G7 Summit in Cornwall this weekend to discuss major global issues. Organisers say the event at the Harbour a mermaid beach today is to remind them that the climate crisis is urgent. And a partial solar eclipse happened in the skies above Kent earlier. Nearly a third of the sun was blocked out by the moon, making it into a crescent shape. It was visible for around two hours this morning, where the cloud cleared away, of course. Head to Kent Online to see our reporter Chris Britcher's efforts to see it from his back garden in Thanet, where, as we know, the sun always shines. He was using a pinhole camera, which is the safest way to see these sorts of things. We have also been sent some very professional photos as well it does look stunning
2: Kent Online Sports
0: Cricket and Kent have got their T20 Blast campaign off to a winning start. They beat Hampshire by 38 runs at Canterbury last night after successfully defending a score of 176 for six. They're back in action tomorrow evening when they welcome Middlesex to the Spitfire ground. And in football, the Gillingham chairman's admitted to having sleepless nights because he can't afford to refund season tickets. Supporters missed out on five home games at the end of the 2019-2020 season, while the whole of the most recent campaign was played behind closed doors. Well, Paul Scully has written a letter to supporters saying the income they received from the tickets played a big part in getting them through the pandemic, but they simply don't have enough cash to pay anyone back. That's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app, which will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. Just head to subsaver.co.uk